It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, Sports Fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. It is Lucas Moore, and I am in studio, and it's it's a fun show today because it's just me, and, and that's what makes it a fun show today. I, at least I hope it'll be a fun show, and I, I, I think we planned one out. We're going to go all football today. I think basketball is kind of getting a little tired, at least around this area and these parts, and I think we'll pick it back up once we get near the regular season again, but football season is in high gear. Teams are starting to get into camp you're seeing, if you're out on campus, you're seeing the football players walking around. They seem to be the only students populating this campus. And what I want to kind of point out at the start of the show is that sometimes in life, and especially in sports, it is not a gradual increase. I got taught a great lesson by a history teacher that we often think of history as a linear event, that back in the 1400s, females didn't have rights, and then slowly through time, they've been given rights, and now they're equal and have you know, somewhat equal rights, still some battles to be done there, that it always gradually improves over time. But what he taught us, and it's a great lesson for sports as well, is that things don't always progress linearly. Things are not always the same. Situation changes. People change. Did you actually know that females actually had a lot more power in the 14 and 1500s than they did in the, say, the 16 and the 1700s? And the same is going to be true with Nathan Rorick. I don't think it's going to be a linear improvement in terms of his statistical output. I mean, what he did last year was absolutely incredible. 8.9 yards per attempt. That's first in the MAC. You adjust those yards per attempt. It's also tops in the Mid-American Conference. 76 touchdowns responsible for over the last two years. That's number one in the Mid-American Conference. But there's a lot of question marks. And there's a lot of circumstances that can change. That'll change that that statistical profile. Do I think Nathan Rourke as a player is going to come back and be better this season? Yes. But that offensive line is not going to be better. That running back core, it's not going to be better. That wide receiver core, definitely not going to be better. Why? Because you lose all conference players at every single one of those position groups. You lose leaders. You lose seniors. You lose some of the best players at their position in this program's history. And we thought that it was going to be an easy turnaround for the linebackers from Quentin Poling to the new guys, and we saw it wasn't. So I think that this offense is going to have a lot of position groups with young guys that are going to struggle, and I think that it could lead to struggles for Nathan Rourke. But I wanted to dive deeper into the numbers to see maybe he's immune to this. Maybe he's immune to a new offensive line that could possibly struggle in the early season. Maybe he's immune to a new group of receivers. And another big fan of Nathan Rourke is Cam Eller. We met him. Well, I met him. Cam from Pro Football Focus joining us on the show. We had a short little conversation about Nathan Rourke on Twitter. He's a big fan of him as well. He pointed out his yards per attempt. And Cam's joining us on the sports fan from Pro Football Focus, the great aggregate of football information. Cam, thanks for joining us on the sports fan. My absolute pleasure. Anytime I could talk Nathan Rourke, but especially college football, this this middle of July, I'm happy. 
Uh, and I think Nathan Rourke has really fell into like a cult favorite among college football nuts, especially you guys at the, that are covering it nationally, um, because he d- does have such an amazing statistical profile. He's Canadian. He has such an interesting background in the way he came up through college football. When did you start really paying attention to what I've been calling the Rourke train? I was on it from the first day of training camp. Here at Ohio University, we call it the Rourke Train. Everybody's hopped on it down here. When did you hop on the Rourke Train? I honestly would have to say it probably happened around maybe the UMass game of 2017. We're talking the game. I, you know, I think he was still entrenched in that. Okay, I have to continue to beat out Maxwell in 2017 before he was officially given the reins, so to speak. But you really saw him kind of put it together from our PFF grading standpoint and put together his first elite game as the starter in that game, and that was really. You know, we were maybe there to watch Andy Isabella more more so at UMass, but he that's when he really caught my eye. And I'm a I'm a big fan of the Mac living in Cincinnati myself. You know, that's we, the the Mid American Conference is kind of ingrained in us in here in Ohio. I mean, it just has to be. So I, I'm a I've been a huge fan probably you know since about then early season of 2017. Yeah, I think his his talent kind of it doesn't pop off the page. It it doesn't lend itself to high scouting grades in terms of arm strength, in terms of his raw size, in terms of his eye test athletic ability, but it's just his smoothness. Uh, that's the the tangible skill. Before we dive into the numbers, the tangible skill I'm most impressed with with him is his smoothness from moving from inside the pocket to out of the pocket, how he bounces off of would-be tacklers, how he can slide in between two defenders. It's not this abrupt agile style or this powerful style that we see from cam newton but it's just this it looks like he's barely trying to run he's smooth as he escapes defenders that's the tangible skill that i noticed right away how comfortable he was escaping pressure and gaining extra yards on the rush yeah and you see it kind of in the grades that we have at pff for him and we can get into these a little bit more but you know there's a reason he's so high on our boards but then when you actually look at the numbers and look at the data at our granular granular level, he is the highest graded returning quarterback in the, our running grade facet. So that's, that's I think, his bread and butter. And I think anybody that's watched him before understands that when, when the pocket does collapse or when he has to maneuver out of the pocket, that's where it is so smooth. You look at these, he's almost like a, like a video game character or like a high school recruits highlight tape when you watch him play. Yeah. He's, he's not looking at the guy to make miss. He's looking for the next guy to make miss type thing. That's what I really like about him. So let's dive into those grades. I mean, what really pops out on the page? What would you look at in terms of a quarterback that had a lot of talent around him the previous years? Because I know you guys have some real stats that you like to, to key on in terms of how can we see a guy's stats translate? Because the real question here is, did Rourke have so much help last year and the year previous with A.J. Olette and Poppy White, the two big names, the running back and receiver, two of the really the greatest at position in Ohio Bobcat history? They're gone now. Yep. So what? They are. Yeah. What numbers do you look at to to indicate that Nathan Rourke is going to continue this production into his senior season? So our biggest thing at PFF is our grading system and our where our grades kind of go and the and how they translate over from a year to year basis. So we have a couple other of our signature statistics we call them that also translate over from year to year for a quarterback. But our grades are our obviously our flagship product for our our grading system is the actual what zero to 100 grade that every player receives and so you look at Rourke and he has an 86.3 which was a top 25 grade in 2017 he improves that to 90.6 last year it's the sixth highest among all returning quarterbacks at the FBS level 
and then you you know you you can look at everything else and how that grade has been accumulated. And the one thing that I do think sticks out is obviously he's improved each year as a passer and as a runner in our grading system, and that obviously has improved his overall grade. So those are kind of independent of the talent around him as well, which is I think the best part of the PFF grading system. Obviously, having a supporting cast will elevate you to wins and statistics and those raw box score numbers. But when you actually break down the PFF grading system, which is on a per-play basis by per, per, per player, you look and see he's doing it realistically a lot of it by himself. And that's where I think it translates to this year. I think we're not going to see too much of a, of a regression, so to speak, maybe more so to the mean, but not necessarily as a player. Yeah, I think in terms of a player, I think it would be ridiculous to say that he's going to take any sort of step back. I'm just afraid that he's going to catch unnecessary criticism which weirdly you would think that a small town media like here in athens cam would be really supportive of a guy like Rourke coming in but it has honestly been a two-year battle that was fought at the beginning of each of these seasons against Rourke starting from a lot of the the people that cover it now maybe it's because people like a quarterback competition and, and this is something that i've just i've been constantly on this guy's side i think that he's going to take a huge step as a passer and as a runner I just think that next season with the offensive line being shady is that running average, it's going to go from, what, six point, the low sixes per carry to maybe the high fives. Not because of his talent, but the offensive line is just not quite as good. And I think that those statistics just won't look as clean early in the season. But I think your grading system will show that he will be performing better as a thrower, as a mover in the pocket, as a manager of the offense. It's just going to have less weapons to choose from and less great players to lean on in tough situations. Yeah, so he's got to he might have to do more on his own in the running game, but I think if you if you had an honest conversation with him maybe off the record, I think he would probably welcome that. It's a welcome challenge for a guy our metrics, we track missed tackles forced by a runner, whether it's a quarterback or running back or in, in college, the college game, you know, you see more wide receiver runs. But we track these missed tackles forced, and you have yards after contact that we track, and we're one of the only ones that do it both at the pro and college level. And so Nathan has forced 36 missed tackles on his carries alone in each of the last two seasons. So you have a guy who, you know, we're talking on a third of his carries, he's making a, a guy miss at least on, you know, one of those carries so he also doesn't shy away from the contact he averages over 4.5 yards after contact per attempt when he when he does take the ball down and run with it so I don't see that as maybe an issue the offensive line being a little shaky because he does have those yards on scrambles that he can do and then obviously the he called runs for him as well he the design carries for him I think you know running backs necessarily they're, they're a little bit more replaceable obviously and that's what pff i think we've proven this offseason and, and in recent years a quarterback is not replaceable so you have a quarterback yeah. that can run the ball and then still is well above average and competent passer that's where i think the the lack of regression will actually show and i think that's where nathan will actually carry the team this year as far as as far as they can go will be on his shoulders yeah, and the coaching staff is certainly putting it all in his shoulders, and I think it should be all on his shoulders. I think you're a senior quarterback with the accolades he's collected. Um, unfortunately, no Mac Player of the Year. I don't know if you saw that at the end of last season, um, that he was skipped over for Mid-American Conference Player of the Year by Tyree Jackson. Uh, much respect to Tyree, but you go through any of the numbers, traditional, non-traditional, and PFF, you had in you guys even. I don't think that was a decision that anybody really should have made. But let's talk about um, his NFL potential. And just as a guy that looks at football from such a wide lens in such a detailed view, 
Where do you think Rourke, what do you think Rourke has to do this season to become a guy that is certainly on everybody's draft board and could maybe sneak into the top half of the draft? Yes. Yeah, so, well, first off, I will go back. We had Joe Lowry as our Mac player of the year last year. So, well, that's I mean, where if I you can think... give that to offensive linemen being the media reward it is. But I thought if, I, if it was best player overall, I think Joe Lowry would have been a great choice. Yeah, so that's, that's who we went with. You know, where it was the unsexy pick, so to speak, in football lingo. But talking about Rourke's pro potential, I think the one thing, you know, he's not quite the Eric Crouch as a runner was back in his day, and if that's a, a comp, and maybe it isn't actually a comp. Um, but I think what he should improve on, and if he wants to vault into that conversation, that discussion, is we call it our clean pocket grade and our clean pocket passer rating. So, on 76, I think, percent of his dropbacks last year, he was kept clean from pressure. Obviously, that offensive line was a big reason for that. So the national average was around 67. But he only ranked, I think, it was outside of the top 50 in clean pocket passer rating. So everybody knows the passer rating formula and a perfect passer rating is 158.3. And if you throw the ball in the dirt each time, it's just 39.6. But he ranked just outside of the top 50. And so that's one of those that other metric that, besides our grade, is translatable year to year and so he has improved it from 2017 to 2018 but if he wants to be considered as a quarterback at the next level that's where that needs to improve in this year now year three entrenched as the starter so clean pocket passer rating clean pocket grade and the numbers just when he's essentially kept clean from pressure by his offensive line yeah, and I know this is something you probably don't have off the top, but probably an interesting idea um, for you, perhaps, is to take a look at how much guys improve after attending the Manning Passing Academy if they hadn't for the first couple years of their career, which is something that when you talk to Nathan himself, it's something that he's really emphasized that's going to be a huge part of his development as a quarterback was the opportunity to attend that Manning Pass Academy, that re- renowned Manning Passing Academy. And I think it's something that he can use to take a jump, to take a growth, uh, to improve that clean po- uh, clean pocket pass rating because I think that's probably the most important stat that an NFL team wants to see. And it's hard to really grade the rest of the intangibles in, in terms of your end of it. But how about a statistical profile for this season? Ceiling. If if everything goes right for Nathan Rourke this year, be my hype man here because I've said some really crazy things to people in the past where, you know, I've said, hey, if the Bobcats go 12-0 and and Rourke throws for 40 touchdowns, you're telling me he can't get invited um, for the Heisman voting? He can't get an invite? You know, because those wild things are way out there. But what is the ceiling for Nathan Rourke? And I'm not saying you should predict that he'll be in Heisman conversations, but he is one of the top six quarterbacks, according to your guys' metric, returning in the country. He's expected to be one of the huge impact players. And it seems like you and I both think that he's going to take a leap as a player. What do you think he can do statistically and goals-wise in this upcoming season? I think if you're talking about in the top three of our all of our quarterback grades next year, you, you have to put him. And I think, unfortunately, for smaller school guys like him, and you know, I'm sure you've seen it in the years of covering Ohio, it's, it's, you have to have the wins associated with your name there as yep. a smaller school guy. So I do think a, a 12-0 record, a MAC champion, why not invite him if he's up there with you know, the Trevor Lawrences and the Tua Tagovailoas in terms of our grades and, and everything else? If he's throwing 40 touchdowns, running for 1,000 yards again, and tosses maybe 3,000-plus yards. And, and I think the key component, though, will have to be like a 12-0 and record. So 
I, I don't see why in our system he's not going to be a top five graded quarterback just with where he stands as we enter this season. I don't see why he couldn't finish there, at least finish as the group of five highest graded quarterback, maybe competing with D.R. King at Houston for that record. But I think, honestly, I, there's no reason why we don't put him in a, in a top five conversation as the best quarterback in the country at the college level for this season coming up. Which I think is a really exciting conversation to be having. Did you have an opportunity to check out his younger brother, Curtis Rourke, who's just now coming so I, in? You know, I looked at the depth chart and I looked at everything. I don't have any data on him at the from the PFF angle, but color me completely intrigued there. Yes. Well, I'm telling you this. He's bigger. He's honestly a little more athletic than Rourke was at that age, and he definitely has a better arm. I think he's a better raw recruit than his brother, uh, coming out. And a big reason that he decided to come to Ohio was because of the experience that Nathan Rourke has had here. So I think Ohio stumbled upon to a small little family dynasty at the quarterback <laughs> position because I really do think that his younger brother, he might not have the uh, mental the mental ability of the game that Nathan has. I have not had a chance to talk with Curtis to see how he thinks the game of the football. And I know that Nathan's addicted to watching film. I don't know if he has those qualities but physically, he could be another Rourke coming through Ohio. So if you like watching Bobcat football, Cam, it, it might be even more exciting over the next couple of years. Well, honestly, how can you not like watching Bobcat football? And, you know, one thing that maybe his little brother could take, uh, take heed of here, and I will say that I wanted to get out, not get out of this conversation without saying it as well, is with the O-line being a little shaky coming back, one thing that is awesome for Bobcat fans and for anybody else, and you want a hype train here, he has the best under pressure passer rating of anybody in the country coming back. So we're talking number one under pressure passer rating. Wow. So if the offensive line is shaky to carry to begin the year, at least fear not Bobcat fans. Like this is a guy that can actually handle pressure in his face. He'll maneuver the pocket. He'll get out of there. He'll get rid of the ball on the run. Number one under pressure passer rating coming into this season. So that's, that's where you got to hang your hat just in case you do have a shaky O-line to start the year. Yeah, and, and just real quick to go off of that, because I don't want to leave that right there, that has to be a really good sign for NFL teams. I mean, this guy can step up under pressure and make good throws. How, how valuable do NFL teams see that statistic? They do like the clean pocket a little bit better than under pressure because under pressure has been, has been seen as highly volatile. So, you know, you could have – and passer rating itself is a highly volatile statistic just because of the way the formula works it can't be a bad thing to lead the country in a statistic, especially something like that where you know at the next level you're always going to have pressure. You have the best in the world facing off, sure, against the best offensive lineman in the world, but more often than not, they're all they're beat at least within three seconds of a snap. So under-pressure passer rating, under-pressure grade is significantly important for next-level development, but it is, it is a volatile statistic. So if he can keep it going and maybe have another one of those number one ranked under pressure pass rating next year, then you're talking about his highly volatile range is, you know, leading the country. So that's not a bad thing at all. Well, Cam, thanks for joining the show. Talking Nathan Rourke. We, I would love to have you on throughout the season as we watch him grow into his senior campaign and, and discuss probably some other really good players that are going to be coming. Cause I think Ohio it, it's primed for there to be a lot of, of new favorites for you guys to have at pro football focus, because there's some really athletic young talented players all over the roster that are looking to prove themselves this year and i think we're the most consistent program so i think that the establishment and the system is there for you guys to see a lot of cool new talent out of athens and i hope to have you on the show and have conversations about them happy to be on whenever whenever we can make it work i'm happy sweet thanks cam that was cam from pro football focus the wonderful people at pro football focus diving in to Nathan Rourke at his statistical profile, number one in the country when facing pressure. That is 
That is a statistic to hang your hat on, I would say, uh, if you're an Ohio Bobcat fan. And it's something that I think is obvious when you watch him play. Nathan Rourke is a guy that is consistently able to handle pressure, both pressure in his life and pressure on the field. Um, the pressure to beat out Quentin Maxwell, the pressure to come from a community college up to the Division One level, the pressure from moving from Canada to the United States to pursue a dream that you had since you were four years old to be a professional quarterback. And he's continuing this dream in Athens, and uh, I think he's really ready for the season. I think he's ready for this new leadership role, but it's all on the shoulders of Rourke. I want to circle back to the beginning of this conversation and emphasize that it's not going to be easy. Emphasize how hard it's going to be for Nathan Rourke at the beginning of this season. And that anything that he does as this receiver core starts to develop, Tim Album himself said, I think by the time the Mac gets here, we'll have a real good group of wide receivers. Well, guess what? There's a big chunk of games before Mid-American Conference play. And that's what they were saying about the defensive backs last year. And we remember how laughable that position group was, allowing receiver after receiver after receiver to blossom into a career day. Andy Isabella had a career day. Olamide Zacchaeus had a career day for Virginia against that Ohio secondary. So this receiving group is in that same place where they're going to be ready by Mac play. I'm not sure that's a place you want to be sitting. So the receiver core is going to struggle. You lost three all-conference players on your offensive line. They're not going to be as good. So all these question marks, they're going to make the beginning of this season very tough for Nathan Rourke. I think he's special enough to push through it and to get wins in spite of it. But if he doesn't, if it's a little more difficult than we all anticipated, I don't think we all should be shocked. And I think we should remember who Nathan Rourke is and what he's capable of, no matter the struggles that the Bobcats might have in the non-conference schedule. Are we going to take a break? On the other side, we're going to talk to Cincinnati Bengals and uh, their lack of a high ceiling. This It's actually the ceiling is falling on me as we speak. Russ Heltman will join the show. This is the Sports Fan on 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering fitness for you. Personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants. And another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. 
It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Do you have aching feet, heel pain, or ankle problems? Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or with shoe inserts. It's important that you find and fix the real problem and not just treat the symptom of foot and ankle pain. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine, who is the medical expert in foot and ankle pain, may answer your questions. Our doctors will provide important foot care solutions after doing a complete foot examination that a shoe store just can't do. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet based on their education, training, and experience. The Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association's members are located throughout Ohio and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. Siemens Grocery has been serving the community since 1951, your locally owned and operated grocery store. The butcher is still in at Siemens with fresh cuts of meat, and if you need a special cut, just call ahead. Siemens Deli offers delicious, ready-to-eat foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and offers Amish meats and cheeses from Holmes County, Ohio. When it's worth having the very best, the feel of a small mom-and-pop store, go to Siemens, 305 West Union Street, Athens. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Big thanks to PFF Cam for joining us on the program. Talking Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke just tweeted back at me after that segment. Not gonna, not gonna throw an assumption that Nathan Rourke was listening, but. This is his comment on the conversation we had with Cam. Of course, the conversation we basically had and just the point, I'll emphasize it again for those of you that weren't listening, was, hey, this is not going to be the easiest thing for Nathan Rourke and the Bobcats early in the season, especially for this offense. You're losing 1,400 yards from your receiving crew. You're losing 2,000-plus yards from your running backs. You're losing a combined 34 touchdowns from those two groups. And you're losing three all-conference offensive linemen. So those are real questions, and it's not going to be easy at first for Nathan Rourke and the Bobcats. But what Nathan Rourke says in respond to what I believe was this segment, he didn't clarify. He said, wouldn't want to go to battle with any other team. I've got confidence in my guys, wouldn't trade them for anybody, which is exactly what Nathan Rourke needs to and should be saying at this time. And I'm not saying that the Bobcats that are going to step up aren't going to be great. I'm not saying they can't be a MAC championship team. I really want to see them in camp before I start to make some real judgments, because I think that the program's strength is there. The program continuity is there. The raw talent and athletic ability is certainly there for the Bobcats to be really, really good a few games into the season. But they're going to make mistakes. Tim Albums said it himself. They're going to drop balls, referencing the receiving group. So I, I think it's just going to be, hey, let's not judge too hard in the non-conference, especially on the offensive side of things. But I still think they're going to be a really good group. 
Another team that I have softly convinced myself over the past few years that they are a good group, I, I, I'm not going to lie to myself anymore. So Clint Bowling announced his retirement for the Cincinnati Bengals, meaning that their offensive line is even thinner. And it just has been kind of an offseason of uh, news for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Russ Heltman is joining us on the program to talk this team. And, and I'm just going to stop lying to myself about the Cincinnati Bengals. In my opinion, there's just too many if-this-then statements for the Cincinnati Bengals. And before we bring Russ on, Russ, these if-this-then statements, I'm going to go through them real quick, and, and then you can comment on them, because I think that there are eight if-this-then statements for the Cincinnati Bengals. That means fans are saying, well, if this happens, then we can be a contender. Or if this happens, then we can be above 500. So here are all these statements for the Bengals to be a real competitive playoff team. If A.J. Green stays healthy. Well, A.J. Green has missed 20% of his games over the last five seasons. He's only been healthy for all 16 and two of them. If Zach Taylor is significantly better than Marvin Lewis, then maybe the Bengals have a chance. I think that one could possibly be true, but it 100% has to be true if this team wants to be above 500. If Joe, Joe Mixon is a top five back, then maybe this team can be competitive. If John Ross actually figures it out, if Tyler Eifert stays healthy, if the defensive line and secondary reach full potential and need to be top five to top seven units because the linebacking core and offensive line are absolutely horrible. I mean, they're just horrible. And their if-then statement is if they can be just league average. So those are eight if-this-then statements for the Cincinnati Bengals, Russ. And I think they need at least six of them to come true to even start thinking about the playoffs because the talent is just missing in the linebacking core, and the talent is just gone on the offensive line with the loss of Jonah Williams to injury and the retirement of Clint Bowling. We went from maybe this team could be competitive into this division, maybe they can shock some people, to a lot of things are going to need to go right in 2019 for the Bengals to be competitive. Yeah, I'm right there Luke, with you, Lucas. Thanks for having me on, my man, to chat about this. It's, just, it's going to be really, really difficult for this team to not only integrate a whole new offensive scheme along with a whole new defensive scheme with the addition of Lou Anarumo, and the only silver lining you can really look at this is, all right, Andy Dalton gets a chance to kind of tackle a whole new different scheme. We saw what the uh, what the different adjustments that Jared Goff and the guy in his ear last year, the, the savant known as John McVay, were able to whip up on their way to the Super Bowl in a loss against the New England Patriots. But I think Andy Benoit of SI.com brought up a great point with his kind of quick-hitting preview that he's been doing for the Monday morning quarterback of each and every team, saying in his first first statement on the Bengals this year Andy Dalton is going to be an up and down type of player this year and and that's going to be the biggest biggest caveat for this team they don't have as good of a protection scheme that they're going to be able to put around them just in terms of the talent and the personnel that they have on that offensive line I do think that the pre-snap adjustments that they that Andy Dalton's going to be able to make are going to benefit him statistically but then again I think there might be some issues with protecting him even more so than there was last year and when you look at a guy like Joe Mixon, he's going to have to be a top three rusher this year. And it, yeah, and it could least. be, even if he is a top three rusher, it could be a wasted season. We saw what happened last year, ran for over 1,100 yards, yeah, no, top they, five they, in the NFL. They need to be impact yards from Joe Mixon. Yeah. They need to be early season, first half yards, not second half against the Browns during a blowout, 
stacking up 110-yard performance. It needs to be impact yardage from Joe Mixon. And like this team was 5 and 4 with AJ Green in the lineup last year when he was starting in at full health. 5 mm-hmm. and 4. Right now they were 1 and 6 in the other games, so you, you can kind of point to that and say, well, if AJ Green stays healthy. Well, I don't think that's a that's a guarantee anymore. If Tyler Eifert stays healthy, that's not a guarantee. There's there's so many things that the Bengals have now lent themselves to rely on because the talent is so deficient in so many other areas, key areas, like the linebacking core and the offensive line, that I think you and I would be lying to ourselves if we're saying that this team has any realistic ceiling above 500. And the only thing that would really make that a realistic ceiling is if two games into the season, we see that Zach Taylor really is that much better than Marvin Lewis. But Marvin Lewis, to, to, to say, to, to dare to believe that it's going to be more likely than not that the next coach the team hired is going to be better than your all-time leader in winning percentage as a coach seems like a bold statement, and it just really hasn't worked out in the history of sports. And I think that we as Bengals fans need to start to realize that it's going to be kind of smoking on a pipe if you're saying that this team is really realistically going to compete for the playoffs this year. So much has to go right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and to, to zoom in on that defensive talent pool that they have, Lucas, they added nobody. Their biggest addition on the defensive side of the football this year was a third-round draft pick in NC State linebacker Jermaine Pratt. All right, you got 30 seconds Only addition they made on the defense this entire this entire season. So it's amazing to me that we're, that people would think that they are going to be a playoff contender, but I don't really see a ceiling higher than six, seven wins, my man. Yeah, I, I'm going to put the ceiling at eight. But mm-hmm. unless uh, Zach Taylor may, 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 may very well be an elite head coach, Wish we could have gotten into this conversation a bit earlier, Russ, but thank you so much for joining the program. Yeah, always, always down to join the program, my man. Hopefully the Red Lakes can get a W tonight. For sure. Red's about to come up. That was Russ Heltman from 106.5, the ticket in Toledo. And I've been Lucas Moore. This has been the Sports Fan on 97 WATH. The following is a special sports presentation of 970 WATH.